Hey, thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio and the Hope Club Podcast. Today we're going to begin looking at something brand new, very different, and oh, is it vital to the life of every person. You know, because we're living in times right now, I think it calls for us to evaluate our faith, what it means to live as a follower of Christ in these, in these last days that we're living in. I want us to be reminded that this is not the end, that we're all on a journey and we're all heading somewhere. And you know where we're heading? Toward a kingdom. And two things I want to say about this kingdom. Number one, it's a supernatural kingdom. Oh yeah. And number two, it's also a backwards kingdom in comparison to the kingdom of this world that we're living in. We're going to see today every kingdom has to have a way to get in. And today we'll discuss admittance into the kingdom, the supernatural kingdom, the kingdom of God. Okay, first of all, question, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a country, a land, an empire, a realm, it's called a a domain, okay, a sphere of influence. All of these things mark out what a kingdom, some even call it a stomping ground. Now, there are two really major kingdoms in existence today. One belongs to God. One belongs to the devil. And boy, are they different. And you've probably spent most of your life living in the devil's kingdom. And then something happened. Faith in Christ. It transferred you out of that kingdom into the kingdom of God. Because the Bible tells us in Colossians 1.13, speaking of Christ, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I like that. He rescued us. We're rescued because we were in danger. We were living in a dark domain. And Christ came and plucked us out, put us into a new kingdom. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. See, when I read that, I'm like, why doesn't everybody want to be in that kingdom? I mean, come on. Who doesn't want to be redeemed, forgiven? Because you know what accompanies that? A clear conscience. You can sleep at night. You feel good about yourself. You feel good about your future. It's all good things that happen when Christ is in your life. So the supernatural kingdom can only be entered one way. And how easy is that way? Well, you know, in Matthew 19, 24, Jesus said, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In other words, you can't buy your way in. Nope. See, riches can be our enemy. 
Riches have three main effects on a person's outlook. Number one, they can encourage a false independence. Jesus rebuked the church at Laodicea. He said in Revelation 3.17, Because you say, Laodiceans, I am rich and have become wealthy, and I'm in need of nothing. And he said, But you don't know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? (laughs) You were blinded by your riches. So the saying, Every man has his price, means that a wealthy man is apt to think that everything has a price, that everything can be gotten with a price. But there are some things that don't have their price. And if you're a person of character, you don't have your price. Secondly, riches can bind a person to this world. Jesus said in Matthew 6.21, Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. This is the person that sees no need, uh uh-oh, for another world. They're so content in this world, God's world, eh, it's not appealing. It's not appealing at all because they have so much of this world. And then thirdly, riches can make a person selfish. For many people, the more they have, the more they want. And it's difficult for this person to give things away. So, the more I have, the more I want, therefore I can't give stuff away because I always want more. So now we have a follow-up question. Matthew 19, 25. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished, and they said, then who can be saved? If it's harder for a camel, if it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into heaven, who can be saved? And looking at them, Jesus said, With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So what am I saying? Admittance into the kingdom must be the work of God. That's the only way to get in. Only God can get you into the supernatural kingdom. And you know what that does? It rules out anything we can do. Some folks believe good works will get them in. No. Some folks believe water baptism will get them in. No. Some people believe just being nice will get you in. No. Or some believe going to church or being in a certain denomination will get you in. No. See, those are things we can do. Only God can get someone into the supernatural kingdom. So, This leads us to our main passage in John chapter 3. It takes a supernatural birth to enter the supernatural kingdom. See, when you're born physically, you're born into the natural world. And when you're born spiritually, you're born into a spiritual world, a supernatural world. So you're familiar with the scene, John 3 verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. Now, the word Pharisee, it means separated one. And these were men that were so devoted to their religion that they left the mainstream of life and they separated themselves from the common people. 
That's what everybody was to them, the common people, or they were called the people of the land. The separated ones, the Pharisees, they didn't want anything to do with them. And this ultimately led to a spirit of pride and superiority over others. They felt that they had an exclusive in with God. Now, Nicodemus was in this class of people. So he came to Jesus by night, signifies secrecy. Why did he come by night? I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to draw attention to himself. Maybe he didn't want the other Pharisees to find out. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to avoid the crowd that was always around Jesus. It doesn't matter when he came. You know what matters? That he came. Just like for us. It doesn't matter why you come to Christ. Just come to Christ. It doesn't matter why, as long as you come. So he came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, oh, we know you've come from God as a teacher because no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, there were many eyewitnesses to Jesus' miracles, and Nicodemus has been presented with the inescapable Christ. Something about Jesus drew Nicodemus to him. And Nicodemus is not only curious, but he has character. He does. Because later on in John 7, he defended Jesus against those who wanted to condemn him. He stood up and he defended the Lord. Now, what does it mean to have character? Character is not just having good intentions, but it's acting on those good intentions. So let me ask you, do you have character? Not good intentions, but do you act on them? That's character. That's what Nicodemus had. So with all this background, Nicodemus figured he'd come a long way, right? He gave his life to the Jewish religion. He learned the law. He even went out to hear Jesus. And maybe like most people today, Jesus, you know, they're dedicated to their religion. They read the Bible. They listen to the words of Christ. But Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, that still will not get you into heaven. It's not going to do it. And he said, truly, truly, I say to you. I can imagine Jesus saying that with all sincerity and all heartfeltness. Truly, truly, Nicodemus, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, something Jesus actually borrowed from Jewish thought. That wasn't a new phrase, believe it or not. In Judaism, when a Gentile came into the Jewish faith by baptism, he was considered newly born. So Jesus extended the necessity of the new birth to Gentiles and to Jews alike. And that's why the Jews, it didn't sit right with them. They felt they had no need for the new birth. That was for those outside of Judaism. We, why, why do we need to be newly born? We're the chosen people. We're Israel. We're God's people. We don't need to be newly born. But remember, they were born naturally 
into the domain of the world. The necessity is to be born spiritually into the domain of God. So maybe that's why Nicodemus asked such a dumb question in verse 4, where he said to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? In other words, I'm already born an Israelite. Why do I have to be born again? I'm already there, Jesus. I've arrived. Here's what Nicodemus has to learn. To be born again is the impartation of divine life. It affects your thinking. It affects your feelings. It even affects your actions. To be born again is a fundamental change in reference to spiritual things. The baby in the womb is in darkness until born into the world. The person in the world is in darkness until born into God. Okay? Because what did Paul say to the Colossians? We've been rescued from the domain of darkness. And when that happens, now you have admission into the supernatural kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? How do I know when I'm there? What does it look like? This is the kingdom of God. It's the reign of God where his will is supreme. And it's understood only by those born through him. So only the true people of God understand the kingdom of God. Those that are outside, they don't understand it. But there's a way in. Admittance into the kingdom is by being born again, a spiritual renewal. You know, Jesus even rebuked Nicodemus. What? For not knowing this. In verse 10, he answered and he said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel? And you do not understand these things? He's like, Nicodemus, you're supposed to be a Pharisee? You're supposed to be teaching these things to the people, and you don't even know. You don't even know these things. How can you lead people somewhere where you haven't been? You know, the Old Testament spoke of these things. Ezekiel chapter 11, Ezekiel said, actually God said through Ezekiel, I will give them one heart and put a new spirit within them. And I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them. And then they will be my people and I shall be their God. See, it takes getting a new heart from God. You want to be God's people? You need a new heart. The stony heart has to go, and the new heart has to come in. Now, Nicodemus, he knew about the law, but he missed the promise of grace, which tells us that God loves us in spite of our failures and in spite of our sins. See, that's why it's good news gospel, because God loves us in spite of who we are. Jesus told Nicodemus, 
Maybe you don't know how it works, Nicodemus. I want you to think of it like this. And he said, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it comes from and where it's going. And so is everyone who was born of the Spirit. And what is Jesus saying? You can't see the wind. You can't see where it's going. But you can see the effects of it on the grain fields. And so it is when God is in your life. It's not something that you see or something that you feel necessarily. But you can see the effects of God in your life. And those that have been truly born again should be able to have the effects of God indwelling them revealed to other people. See, that's the whole point. The whole point, when you're truly converted, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, there is a dynamic change that takes place. And yes, it's progressive. For some, it's pretty drastic instantly. For many, it's not, including me. It's very slow. (laughs) really slow. I wish it was faster. I'm like, come on, God, change me, will (laughs) you? What's the holdup? You just go slow sometimes. But there's got to be, see, there is an effect. And we don't understand it. I mean, you know, we don't make it an emotional thing. Yes, once in a while, an emotion might complement your spiritual condition, but it's rare. It's rare. Okay, don't let emotions be the basis of your spirituality. Or don't let emotions be the telltale sign of your spirituality. Because no, we are real people. And you can be very spiritual and be sad. You can be very spiritual and be grieving. And you don't, you don't feel the best about yourself. You don't feel the best about life. You can be in your sickbed and you can be very, very spiritual. So don't look for feelings, but it's the effect. It's the effect of the indwelling God that gives me confidence and security. He affirms me in his love. And in spite of my condition, how good or bad it might be, I know that my position in Christ is perfect. And it's beautiful because I have faith that says I'm right with God. That's what it means to be born again. There was a man named Dr. John Hutton. He tells of a man who was a drunken reprobate until he met Jesus. And his friends did their best to make him feel like a fool because of his decision to follow after Christ. And they said to him, they said things like, surely you don't believe in those miracles, do you? Or that he turned water into wine, do you? And he said, Well, I don't know whether he turned water into wine, but I do know that in my own house, he turned beer into furniture. <laughs> Which means what? He, he, he started spending his money differently. Instead of wasting it the way he used to, he started spending it for the benefit of others and for his family. So think about that. Admittance into the kingdom is a work of God based on our faith. 
which results in a new birth. You have to see it as a work of God. And there are so many that are in bondage to thinking that they have to do something to get God's attention. Or they have to do something to get into God's good graces. There's nothing we can do. Absolutely nothing. It's all the work. This is what glorifies God. He gets the glory because he's the one that does the work. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, Jesus went looking for them. Oh, they hid. And then they'd made aprons of fig leaves to try to cover up their shame and their guilt. And that didn't work because Jesus said, that's no good. What are you going to do when autumn comes? <laughs> well, he didn't say that, but. So he gave them some animal skins to wear. Point is, Jesus did the work, didn't he? He did the work to cover their sin. And that's a beautiful picture of Christ atoning for the sins of the world on the cross. He did the work that we couldn't do. He paid for our sins so we don't have to. So faith in who he is and what he did causes us to be recipients of the divine grace of salvation. And God imputes it to us. And now, once that takes place, you are in the supernatural kingdom. And you will experience the effects of it. And like I said earlier, it's also, it's a supernatural kingdom because it's a supernatural life. You can't live in the supernatural kingdom in natural life. It takes supernatural life, and that comes through regeneration. But it's also a backwards kingdom. And we have to remember that. That the economy of God is contrary to the economy of this world. And that's why it's such an adjustment. And to try to play both sides will always end in either chaos or it'll end in regret. You can't, you gotta, you, you, you really gotta make a decision. What do I want to do with my life? Who do I want to serve with my life? Whatever I have from this world, if I live to be a thousand, it's still temporary. But whatever I have from God, it's forever. Because I'm going to live forever. I don't know. I think it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer to enter into the supernatural kingdom through faith through faith in Christ, because it's nothing I have to do. Every religion in the world gives people something to do. Make a pilgrimage, burn a candle, fast, deny yourself, go here, do that, do this. You come to Christianity, and it's more like, look at what God has done for you. Receive it. Receive the gift, the gift of salvation. Jesus did the work. You're the recipient. Just receive it. That's it. Next time we're together, we're going to step it up and we're going to look at lifestyle and the kingdom. Oh, once I get in the kingdom, I got to learn how to live there. You know, it's like moving to a foreign country. Before you move to a foreign country, you want to learn the culture. You want to learn the language. You want to learn 
the laws, right? Because you want to make your transition as easy and as enjoyable as possible. So we're going into this new kingdom. Oh, it's a strange kingdom. It's a kingdom that says, if somebody strikes you on one cheek, give them the other one. Huh. It's a kingdom that says, if somebody makes you go with them one mile, go two. Huh. It's a kingdom that says, forgive that person 70 times seven in a day if they repent. Huh. How about that? It's a kingdom that says, give generously and it will be given back to you. Huh. It's a kingdom that says, love the unlovely. Wow. So, oh, it's different. Oh, it's so different from the kingdom of the world. And that's why there is a learning curve. And that's why understanding lifestyle and the kingdom will help all Christians, all believers, because I get a feeling that there are many, 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 many Christians that are trying to live according to the mandates of the world in the kingdom of God. And it's nothing but frustrating. Because in the kingdom of God, it takes a couple of things to really make it happen. And you know what it is? Things we don't want to do. Pick up your cross. Deny yourself. Let death work in you so life can work in others. These are the things that we do in order to adapt to a brand new lifestyle in the supernatural kingdom. I told you it was backwards. <laughs> it was different. It's completely contrary. These two kingdoms, you can't get any more opposite. If you're a follower of Christ, you can't live in the kingdom of the world. You can't live the world's ways and yet try to live God's way at the same time. Hey, let me tell you again. You know, we, we, we have these messages here on the Hope Club podcast, and people are downloading them like crazy. And you can help us to keep them going. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the menu bar. Everything's there. Everything you need to know, what you give, what you get. We're like creating a large team to send the, the good news of Christ into the whole world. So get on board. Will you help us out? And we want to help you in return as well. Okay? All right, thanks for coming along. Hey, tell people about the Hope Club podcast. It's a good place to get the Word of God on a daily basis.